We're celebrating Marketplace's 35th anniversary with some throwback thank you gifts available during this March fundraiser. We took our old dot-com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how much you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash donate. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash donate. We're celebrating Marketplace's 35th anniversary with some throwback thank you gifts available during this March fundraiser. We took our old dot-com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how much you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash donate. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash donate. Reading, writing, arithmetic, and personal finance. I'm David Brancaccio in New York. First, there's news Macy's will close 30% of its stores, 150 of them, with employees starting to get the word today. Bloomingdale's and Blue Mercury Beauty Products have the same corporate parent, and they will add some stores. A new Macy's boss is trying new strategies. Meanwhile, the travel site Expedia is cutting 1,500 positions, about 9%, as late pandemic travel surge tapers down. The Corporate profits and revenue reports we're getting this time of year also address hiring. Economist Julia Coronado is founder and president of Macro Policy Perspectives. They do talk about what they're planning on doing with their workforce. And what we're seeing in this earnings season is that there are a few more companies that are reporting that they're going to lay off some workers across industries, but fewer companies are planning on hiring. So they talk about their hiring intentions for the year. And even though the data, the official data haven't shown it, we have seen a slowdown in plans to add new workers. Companies are optimistic about their profit prospects, but part of that is being cautious and conservative on the hiring front. And the Supreme Court heard arguments yesterday about challenges to laws in Texas and Florida that ban social media companies from curbing certain points of view. The cases pit those states against the tech industry in the form of the lobby group NetChoice. The states argue the laws are needed to stop social media platforms from discriminating against conservatives. But NetChoice says that barring discrimination based on political views would make the platforms less attractive, not just to users, but to advertisers, too. Many of them have fled X, the site formerly known as Twitter, for its hands-off approach to hate speech under Elon Musk, who purchased the site two years ago. The tech lobby says it is a slippery slope. If they allow, say, pro-Semitic content, then they would also have to allow anti-Semitic content. They argue social media companies might end up having to eliminate entire topics from their platforms. I'm Lily Jamali for Marketplace. It's now 35 states requiring students to take a personal finance course to graduate from high school. That's 12 states more than two years ago, according to a survey out this week from the Council for Economic Education. Here's Marketplace's Stephanie Hughes. There's research showing personal finance courses work. Christopher Caltabiano is with the Council for Economic Education. What we see is young people tend to have higher credit scores. If they're making a decision to attend college uh, and if they choose to take out loans, those loans tend to be on more favorable conditions. He says one big challenge now is having enough qualified educators. Teachers tend to be asked to teach or voluntold to teach personal finance, sometimes without any background. 
One educator who did get certified in this was Raven Turner. She now teaches at South County High School in Fairfax County, Virginia. I'm like, here I am now at 30 with a newborn and I have $100,000 in debt because I went to a private college. There's so many things I would have done differently had I had this back then. Turner says her students really grasp concepts like compound interest and budgeting. Her goal is for them to do better financially than she has. I'm Stephanie Hughes for Marketplace. Tuition will now be free at Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York. That's thanks to a billion-dollar donation from a former professor. Marketplace's Nancy Marshall-Genzer has that. The billion-dollar gift comes from Dr. Ruth Gottesman. She's chair of the Einstein Board of Trustees and headed the school's Center for the Treatment of Learning Disabilities. The college says Gottesman's donation is meant to attract a diverse pool of applicants who, quote, may not otherwise have the means to pursue a medical education. Tuition at Einstein is about $59,000 a year. The average medical school debt is more than $200,000, excluding pre-med and other educational debt, according According to the Education Data Initiative, I'm Nancy Marshall-Genser for Marketplace. And now to clicking a phone to borrow money in a developing country. There's concern about the tactics being used by some companies offering loans via mobile app in Kenya. Our editorial partners at the BBC have been looking into reports that firms got a hold of personal data to chase down repayments. Here's Hannah McCarthy. I'm here in Nairobi, the capital of Kenya, where over 80% of the population access loans and financial services directly on their mobile phones. When users install these apps on their phones, they often hand over large amounts of their personal data. As you're applying for the loan, you allow them to access your contacts, your phone numbers, your messages, and even your calls. I spoke to Erica, who didn't want to use her real name, about how she began taking out mobile loan apps when she lost her job during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm living in the capital city, Nairobi. I have lost my job. I have a daughter in the house. I have a dependent. And you basically have the bills to pay. Erica began taking out an increasing number of mobile loans. So three days to the repayment date, they start sending you messages very uncouth messages, hostile messages, rude messages reminding you that your loan is due in three days. If on the repayment date you are yet to pay, they start making incessant calls. You block one number, they call you with another one, another one, messages, and then they start threatening you that they are going to call your contacts. The Kenyan government has brought in new regulations to restrict lenders accessing users' personal information, but it hasn't stopped the many unregulated lenders from continuing to harass people. So I would say the new law is not effective. There are some loopholes. There's so much that needs to be done. But Paul Adams from Innovations for Poverty Action believes that some phone data could allow lending companies to reliably give loans to people who lack a traditional credit history that includes things like credit card payments or mortgages. In countries like Kenya, where maybe individuals don't have such a rich credit history, 
the opportunity to use kind of traditional data is limited. And so there's lots of companies now trying to develop alternative ways to judge an individual's reliability at repaying loans. But informed consent is crucial for this model to work. What I would like to see is the users themselves given real agency and choice as to which bits of those data they are willing to hand over in the interest of credit scoring. Because it doesn't need to be that you have to hand over all of your data and your contacts. It can just be a limited set of data. It's clear that there are still plenty of changes to come from Kenya's digital money revolution. In Nairobi, I'm the BBC's Hannah McCarthy for Marketplace. And in New York, I'm David Brancaccio. You're listening to our Morning Report. From APM, American Public Media.